or it could just be sort of an implied thing. Like the like the fucking teachers from the Charlie Brown stories are like wah 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 and you, you sort of just have to imagine what they're talking about. Uh yes, oh uh, yes. I think did the Powerpuff Girls do a reference to that gag once or am I mentally inserting that like some Bernstein bear shit? They're Okay, somewhere deep, deep, deep in my neurons, there is an entire wealth of fucking Powerpuff Girls memories memories of that show that can really only be unlocked by rewatching it, I'm sure. Because I watched all of that fucking thing, but it was about 20 years ago now. Really makes you wonder what percentage of your psyche or sub-psyche is just Gendy. Like a lot. I know Samurai like a, Jack. Like a lot, a lot. Just had an influential, outsized influence on a, on how I enjoy action media, how much I enjoy action media. Yeah, but have I have I offered yet the hot take on this show that Symbionic Titan deserved a second season more than Samurai Jack deserved a fifth one? You have not provided that particular hot take, but you have. Well, not, it did. You also haven't discussed the quality of you know, oxygen in our lives. How much it would suck if oxygen was yanked from us in the first season before it got to live. Before it got to breathe. Before it got to be what it was supposed to be. Also, the questions of how much a purely episodic thing where the implicit lesson is there is no real going back. Well, that was the cool thing there because, like, the city just got worse and worse and worse. And there's, like, an implication that thousands of people died every time one of those giant fucking monsters showed up. I really, really was enjoying that. His next project evidently has some shades of it, so... Okay. I forget what it's called. It's something... Unicorns in the title. Interesting. Which might be an intentional Gundam invocation, we'll see. Please. Please. I need more Mr. I need more Western mech content. I need it so fucking badly. <laughs> Did you see us, like hungry stray cats, fucking at vultures. someone's milk bowl, just looking at Pacific Rim, the black? Please, please, I just want to come. It's either this. I want to come like, so bad. It's either this or we start playing BattleTech. And that's like when you start looking up I'm weird not, I'm, porn. I'm, no, that's that's too much for me. Even for me, I can't I can't fucking do that to myself. That's like getting a second job. <laughs> it's a second job that you have to evangelize to other people to get them to work at your. And it's also people. expensive. Oh yeah, oh yeah, just that uh, forty k tag without the forty k fucking infrastructure. <sighs> All right, ninja shit. Ninja. I was about to transition from the Samurai Jack Ninja episode, but let's go into it. Let's go right into it. So we're going to do a slightly different format for this episode. Uh, instead of talking about one for a little while and then talking about another for a little while, we're going to talk about both at the same time because they're so strikingly similar. Uh, I have to imagine one was probably inspired at least a little bit by the other. I think that basilisk is hiding the ninja scroll oh yeah those are two shows those are the two things we're talking about influences so openly on its sleeves that i'm pretty sure that for either the comic or the anime the full title is basilisk the koga ninja scrolls (laughs) so 
or even it just goes on. I have a really bad habit of getting the two clans and that's fucking show confused, by the way. You could know who is who. I don't think it's necessary to know who is who. This is true. So the thing separating these shows is that they're, they're sort of... They sort of occupy the same niche in two different waves of anime fan, I guess. Like, Ninja Scroll is a notch earlier in the timeline than Basilisk. The girl also created a whole ton of fans, too. Although, uh, that was what... It, Ninja Scroll was, uh... 1993 is when it came out. I can't remember when it came out in the States. But that was one of those things where it came out on VHS. You know, it was dubbed. You got it the way that you got it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there was that older sort of 80s anime fandom that i i don't know any of these people in real life i uh i know that they exist and i know that they somehow fucking got their anime i don't know how they did it it must have been so hard i, I have such of, admiration for them i think of those guys like the owl from avatar just putting up <laughs> we have to keep circulating the tapes we have to save the tapes some goddamn how they all managed to watch uh macross and i i just do not know how they fucking did it they all managed to watch Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Which I These... think makes them terrestrial heroes. I swear to God, they... <laughs> and they're all fucking parents now. Wild. They're raising, like, super weeb children grown in pods. Yeah, these were, like, these were Gen Xers, man. Yeah. I guess they're all teenagers now, and their kids are commenting on our videos. Yeah, saying... half of them are fucking directors. I mean, uh... Well, yeah, there are a bunch of high-profile weebs out there. Um, mm. The fucking Wachowskis. I bet the fucking Wachowskis were super fucking into, like, Legend of the Galactic Heroes and shit. Oh, man, did you see the Animatrix? Yeah. yeah. That is in their DNA, like, those two slow-motion lasses. Man, they use that effect way more conservatively. Than, than a certain dude who just released a certain cut. What kind of black gate has it up? Did you see the tweet from Paul Feige saying, I have a longer cut of my Ghostbusters I'd like to share? <laughs> Why would you thrust that on the world? No, 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 you've done, something. you've done something you shouldn't have done. You gave the fans what they demanded. You can never fucking do that. Yeah. That, you, can get, you can never fucking give the fans all of what they want. You have to give them a little bit of what they want. Cut in with something that will actually add something to their lives. Anyway... You Stepping give them an Snyder. inch. You give them an inch. They will take the state of Alaska. Stepping on Snyder's toes aside, as swollen and necrotic as they are. Mm -hmm. Ninja Scroll, worth noting, also a movie, not a TV series. And perhaps one of the garish things I've seen in my short life. It's up there, dude. I had forgotten. I remember back when I was a baby weeb, it was one of my first properties that... Or one of my first like, movies, I guess, in this case, that I saw. That time I, like, dragged our post-D&D selves into my room to watch it. Was that your first time with it, or a later time with it, or... I think it was my first time with it. I was like, what, what, I was like 14, 15, you were 16? Yeah, yeah. It was around we there. We were on that time slot, like, we would wear, like, the Game Over Wedding shirt without irony. And... <laughs> Ooh. Ah, you will never find those photos, internet. <laughs> Oh, they totally will. The second, like, the ink dries on any deal for either of us, those shirts are just rocketing out. See, that's why, that's why I, I that's why I prefer the quiet, private life. That 
is why I just scour all my old pictures. I have the, my, my earliest dates. I've had them all killed one by one. <laughs> and if that leaks out, it'll still get me less canceled than ever <laughs> I did or said while we were together. There's this one thing that links Ninja Scroll with Basilisk, which is the idea that they are definitely... You know, there's some magic shit going on. There's no fucking magic system. No one fucking cares about that. Fuck it you. This is a fascinating generational gap. This I isn't really, fucking Naruto. I really love it. Like, as much as I enjoy a good system, the kind of madcap energy and momentum that these things have just going into it. What has a really great understand. respect for your time? It does. It's like a Robert Rodriguez movie. Like, fucking... <laughs> like a less jokey machete kills and that you just understand this whole world is off kilter this thing works this way because it does as long as it's along the thing's reality level you will just rock with it yeah i mean basilisk it's power system not even power system it's world is what if japan but cooler and then ninja scroll is what if japan but cooler and way more fucked up (laughs) that is very true very true Ninja Scroll went a bit more conventional with its stakes in that its main villain does have what you might call a scheme that could make things measurably worse in theory. I respect Basilisk underlining the fact that politically... It's a zero-sum game. It's a zero-sum game. It's just two groups of people trying to kill each other. For... Two groups of people trying to kill one another. And there is this reason that they are given, but... this is a kind of recurring theme that I see in a whole lot of uh, anime. Yeah, Jidageki stuff. Um, specifically anime, specifically set in this era, which is there's all of this violence. There's all of this talk of you know what must be done, what Bushido demands, this, that, and the other thing. And then you back up once the story is over, and nothing has really changed. Nothing has been gained. None of this really meant anything. It was just a whole bunch of people telling one another that it meant something. I do have an appreciation for the katana-driven shaggy dog story. It's just a whole lot of people are dead now. That's great. That's real great. And... But congratulations, you proved something to yourself as you died. Enjoy death. It's something I enjoy a lot. Like, this and late westerns just have that thing of taking this entire violent period that was valorized for x number of years yeah and i can sort of point all that and say hey so what was all this dumping human life into a river about again exactly i think we were talking about this in the death frenzy episode this is sort of the japanese version of the revisionist western yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's got that a whole oh god what's it called was The Searchers one of the earliest revisionist-type westerns, or...? Oh god, I've not seen a ton of John Wayne movies. I think he's a douchebag, and I avoid his shit. He is a douchebag, and The Searchers was an interesting flick, sort of predicated on the idea that all past John Wayne characters were douchebags, and this one is overtly a douchebag, and the main cast learns to dislike him. <laughs> so it's a, it's an interesting movie on that level. Okay, sure. But yeah, um, we've got a bit more of Valorous lead in Ninja Scroll. It makes sense that he has such a straightforward morality to him because to borrow contemporary internet parlance, he's one of the, in a sense, the purest characters I have seen. He is just 
the man blowing into town. Yeah, he's just a dude with a sword, and he's good at it, and he got dragged into all of this, whether he wanted to be there or not, and he didn't. And there's a thing... I know why all action stuff does this, because it makes them relatable, though I do like it when they subvert it. They did it in Ninja Scroll, but, like, he kind of has the default ninja skills that, you know, he's real good with a sword, he's tricksy. Yeah. He thinks, and... I guess that whenever I enter one of these schizo martial arts worlds, I kind of wish that the, that the main guy had one of the, the more colorful sets within it. I think that's why I always loved um, Part 4 Jojo Hero. Oh, uh, Josuke. Josuke, because he had one of the more off-kilter powers in that shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was uh, the one that you would think the least of at the outset, and then he does the most interesting shit with it. And is also a total piece of shit and my favorite Jojo. That is within the acceptable winner's circle of choices. <laughs> he's, just, he's just this dumb shit teenager. I love it. I, I don't know. There's something about it. And it's interesting because Basilisk makes the same choice with its guy who is also sword dude. A little more personality to him. A little bit more personality, yeah. Though I guess they get the free card of having a sort of plot template off of the... Romeo and Juliet ex-Jedi Geki thing. Yeah. I think he's smarter than Romeo was. Neither of them were all that bright. Yeah, if, but, I, if I'm just remembering back to... Oh, when was the last time I read it? It's a couple of years ago was the last time I read it. I remember yeah, yeah, I was but, on this weird Shakespeare kick. I, 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 here's what it was. I had found this one... I had found the video of um, fucking Marlon Brando delivering the... Uh, and Brutus is an honorable man, that speech, uh, on YouTube... Cool. And I'm like, oh man, this this fucking kicks so much ass. So then I went through one or two, like not quite a half dozen Shakespeare plays, just you know, read them in a, over the course of the uh, of a couple of weeks. So that was just your thing for a bit. Yeah, yeah. And Romeo and Juliet is about a Shakespeare comedy that takes a hard left turn into a Shakespeare <laughs> tragedy. It's great. It's uh, such a fun little. That's a nice thing about being your own genre. You get to subvert yourself. And that's yeah, no, it is. I don't know if it's the original example of subverting expectations, but uh, no, it's a. Uh, it might be one of the most enduring ones, certainly. Man, when you get towards the hard, embittered, like fandom menace crowd, those two words, like throwing a grenade full of fire ants, exactly, it's um into a room. The reaction is fucking fascinating it's like going to a room full of you know tumblr refugees and talking about the john Locke conspiracy oh, you just don't want to just don't do it don't do it we'll put the next half hour on autopilot or you know if you want to poke fun at ourselves we can just say x thing about the plotting of even numbered chorus seasons <laughs> and just watch me throw this really expensive microphone at the fucking wall Oh man, oh man, this microphone is the heart of the weeaboo hell experience. <laughs> That's the only thing keeping this fucking thing together. I'd probably cry if I wasn't busy stomping on it too because of the core <laughs> thing. I feel like there's stuff I'm more butt mad about. True, true, but none more salient. Going back to the power system thing, by the way. Mm -hmm. I yeah. am just tickled how far these two... Well, show and movie, but I'm going to actually say two shows like a thousand times throughout this episode. Just two works. Two works. Try These to, two works. Try to convince yourself to say works. Pieces. These two works 
take the basic template of ninja stuff into very amusing territory. It's just fucking ninja shit. Why can you do it? Fuck you. Why, Why are you asking so many fucking questions? Why are swarms? Ninjas have swarms. They do fucking swarm shit. It's fine. <laughs> I remember in Ninja Scroll, my favorite one was the gunpowder girl. Not because it was the most over the top. And it was very over the top. It was pretty top, over the top. But because it was, while being over the top, still somehow like the closest to what you and I know as reality in terms of what people can and cannot do. You, you know, she just blew shit up. You know, blew she blew shit up. <laughs> hey, everyone, uh, this is my co-host, Carl, from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> no, see, when, when my brother and I were growing up, this, this is like... <laughs> all of the fucking parents from town, all of our friends' parents from town, they were all from Yonkers for some reason. Uh, I think it was White Flight. I'm actually almost positive it was White Flight. They were kind of the sons of bitches. So anyway, uh, we would just fucking talk to each other like this when we were growing up. When we was growing up, uh, just uh, because it was fun to amuse ourselves. So now, you know, if I get into a certain state, I can just be like this. So, question. When, like, the single-layer white people, like, white fly to the same spot, do the double white people flee that spot? No, they just go to Chappaqua. They just go to Chappaqua. Just, just, like, just about 15 miles south. Ah, uh, okay, okay. See, I'm learning today. I'm learning today. Or they buy a McMansion. Dude, do you remember the McMansions? Like I, on the road to uh to two oh two, I think? Those the, things were fucking tasteless as shit. The McMansion is a beautiful construct. Because <laughs> it is the exact layer in the real estate ladder where it can hurt you financially, but it does not materially improve your life. <laughs> it makes it fucking worse. Because now you have to be the douchebag living in a fucking McMansion. And I just imagine bringing your friends and lovers and business partners to your McMansion. And they say, oh, it's going to be a long, a long night, huh? There are so many enduring symbols of American excess from that decade. Be it the McMansion, the Hummer. There's a third thing. Somewhere. Anyway... Very broad strokes characterizations along with the wacky power sets. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's, it's not the, important. They, they, these characters do not have such deep inner lives, but that's not really what you're here for. Yeah. Speaking more towards maybe Ninja Scroll and Basilisk on that one, since Basilisk is sort of swinging for some rudimentary pathos of the main couple, at least. Yeah. And Who, in the dub, or... are voiced by a very, very young and early on in their careers, uh, Troy Baker and Laura Bailey. It is interesting to see. It's interesting to see. You were talking about how it was almost an FMA reunion tour. Well, kind of. I think, I want to say that those that those two were airing around the same time. And then Hurak as Dubcast was super a, uh, a uh, the hell's it called? FMA reunion tour. Good on them, good on them. They all deserve good things for adding that good thing to our lives. <laughs> well, most of them do. Well, I mean... The one that doesn't has been out. He's been, he's been receiving bad things. receiving <laughs> bad things. There are a few genuinely cancelled people and he really worked his way into that category. Yeah, goof. There is an interesting human thing when it comes to things like the VM that's not Vince McMahon situation. <laughs> Where you really can do a lot better if the accusations are vague. If you fuck off for two years and just roll back in like nothing happened, mm-hmm. 
then if you try to plant your feet by the tree of freedom in your from your perspective as the protagonist of everything mm-hmm. yeah like and many say, things i am totally innocent in the history of innocent men i am the most innocent and then like half of the fucking voice actors in the industry were like nah bro you're you're one of the least innocent people i've ever met and that is uh for a whole host of reasons, I believe the accusations against him. The biggest one is that all of his colleagues that he's been working with for however many years now were like, yeah, take the son of a bitch down. This is a leaking black mechanical heart of douchebaggery in our industry. Because I've, anyway. I've been co-workers with that fucking douchebag mm. and not really having the power to get him the fuck out of my not just out of my store but out of my industry right and you would just take that golden gate opening and if i ever had even the slightest amount yeah no you so so i get it uh the accusation cascade it's a fun modern construct Mm -hmm. anyway no sign of him in basilisk so far though we haven't been half of one of the two core clans within basilisk yeah just 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 round bouncy guy and you know protagonist lad and when you sort of think of them as like the same ba- the same basic niche in both generations I mean Bass was less popular though the, the manga actually made a big imprint in Barnes and Noble bookstores like disproportionately for some reason I think it's just because the art was great I don't know maybe just show off the movie like mm. hey kids comics oh yeah and the character design cannot be it cannot be uh, overstated how fun the character design is for Basilisk. Is it the best character design I've ever seen for an anime? I don't think so, but it is very, very fun, and the dude does weird shit with the character designs. I like the guy's faces a whole lot, and yeah. his sense of action composition, and it translates to the show pretty well. Uh, just for context, I think out of X Basilisk volumes, I read four before I got carried into SAT hell. Mm. And I... I was definitely enjoying the uh, definitely enjoying the ride. Yeah, I I he, I start a whole lot of stuff and then don't finish it, and it's never ever ever. It's rarely the fault of the thing that I started but not finished. Almost always, it's an attention span thing or something comes up in my life. But circling back, when I was sort of um, comparing these two, I sort of the same like mission two different generations. It's interesting mm-hmm. because like I think that having come this far after the thing it shares two words in its name with. Yeah. I think that Basilisk maybe feels a little more pressure for invention on the plot slash plotting slash character front. Yeah. Like Ninja Scroll is a lot more sort of pure 90s action movie stuff going on. It's also fascinatingly well paced for the fact that he needed to kill like fucking nine magic ninjas. Yeah, it really... (laughs) Ninja Scroll is a very efficient movie. Yeah, every now and again, one of them would come out of fucking nowhere and be like, hey, we're fighting. But, on the whole, nothing love- ever felt too amazingly rushed or too amazingly belabored. Yeah. And, whereas, Ninja Scroll is this sort of Mega Man-like progression of um, Schwarzenegger Ninja Man cutting through a rendition of a whole ninja clan like the hot knife through butter. Basilisk has once again this whole interesting Romeo and Julio, yeah, Romeo and Juliet setup between the Koga and Iga Ninja Clan. Something that is not the show's fault, but my own 
mental disease is I spent a hilarious amount of time trying to remember who was Koga and who was Iga <laughs> throughout Basilisk, and I know it means that I have issues, but... After a certain it, amount of time, you know one character design, right? You know one character or their name or their design or whatever, and you know who they have not been fighting, and you know who they have been fighting. Yep. And you know... You pick up who has picked up, like, a little bit of the old Gundam generational hatred. Mm -hmm. Like, Snake Girl is just making a constant high pitch. Figuratively. Because it's an anime show, I should point out that's figurative. I just mean that the threat of string is playing in her brain. She does not have a death voice. In the well, dub, she... at least. Watch the dub. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty good dub. Like, I've seen worse. It's a fine dub for its time. I have some casting questions, but... Yeah, we're here and there. Yeah, every here, every here and there, there's a weird one. Like, there's the clutch best friend large man character. His casting just needed just a demi-quaver more bass in the voice. It's, it's just, just weird. Perhaps, yeah. It's just weird. It just does not match his face, and you are confused. You are slowly tilting your head. But I have heard way worse dubs from that era. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And people seem to care. I don't know. I guess people sometimes have a sense of they're in something that's going to be worth remembering. Sorry, you ever have that thing that happens where just something starts hurting out of nowhere for no reason and then it stops after a couple of seconds? Mostly spiritually, but uh, yes. I don't know why... I don't know why... Why the fuck does that... Why the fuck does the human body do that? I don't know, at some point... Is this like you... an age thing? I'm not even fucking 30. At some point did you make out with a Kunoichi? Because according to Ninja Scroll, that means that... You are your your body is slowly falling apart from their poison tasting practices. <laughs> what an awful life she led. Yeah, they really uh, crank the. It's really that '90s female doer antagonist thing where they just crank the tragedy dial as quickly as they can. Well, yeah, I mean everything needed to be as fucked up as possible. Yeah, it's worth pointing out that one of the part of the charm and distinguishing quality of Ninja Scroll. Is that while it's less fixated on that sort of like sideways political commentary than Basilisk, it makes up for it with a very entertaining borderline Judge Dredd sensibility in terms of just how bad people's daily lives are in this setting. Oh yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's one of the. I'm not gonna say it's one of the worst fictional settings that I could ever pick to live in because there's a whole bunch of shit kind of in front of it in line you've got warhammer 40k you've yeah. got uh berserk you've got degrassi mm -hmm. uh, but no I, I wouldn't i wouldn't it's not exactly a romantic depiction of japan of that era there's one it's not an intense spoiler because it's it's not too invested at this point but i remember it starts off this horrifying plague and then they reveal that it's they just po they're just poisoning wells to get rid of people for this scheme <laughs> And then and we're like da 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 da, da, da. <laughs> And that's what happens when we get underfoot of various nobles. <laughs> A point I wanted to make just about the way that Basilisk presents itself. Mm -hmm. And I haven't even looked up the ending of Basilisk and if it Wait, hold on. I wanna circle back to what we were just talking about. Cool. <laughs> because I don't know if it's intentional or not on the part of the various creators of, you know, this or a Basilisk of Ninja Scroll of Death Frenzy. 
But a whole lot of the time, whenever characters, named or not, are introduced in these things that are not ninjas, that are not lords, samurai, whatever, that are just random fucking human beings, mm-hmm. they tend to get it worse than anyone. <laughs> and no one no one with a name seems to actually give that much of a shit. It's an interesting convention. I think later things in this trend may just take it as a given, like this is how this genre has always done it. I think the original idea is that these places are just stuck on this law of the jungle logic. Like that's very much what's going on in Death Frenzy. Like if oh, you certainly, are, yeah. Like if you are not in this already pointless and worthless system, your life is even shittier. Your life is even worse than that. Ugh. You don't have the means to like even do that baseline defense of yourself. No, they might just fucking kill you for fun anyway. Did you know until? I want to say the late 1800s, until almost the death of the samurai class, a samurai could just fucking kill a peasant if they felt, <laughs> if they felt insulted by them, and that's not even murder right there. This was incredible. This was a right that they were loath to relinquish. By the way, as you know, Japan moved into you know modernity. They were pissed that they no longer were able to kill a peasant for no reason. The most wonderful borderline autopilot satire segments in every historical textbook mm-hmm. are those situations where whenever there's any transition from one class system to another, just watching aristocrats or knights or kings go going, you're ruining our way of life. <laughs> you're taking everything. And I... And I just can't. Bear. And I'm just feeling so economically anxious <laughs> right now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the heart of the fucking thing. That is, Thoreau's <laughs> taking that one in. It's fascinating to fucking watch. It adds a fun little layer to things that take place during that transition. Like you can even sort of feel it in the background of something as. Sillier than the other two. I'm just looping Death Frenzy in this conversation at this point, even though it's not ninjas, whatever, but... It's like... It's the same time and place. Time and place, Moomba. 13 assassins. 13 assassins. Oh, um, man. No one gave a shit about the peasants in that movie. <laughs> oh, God. What did they call it? Our but orphans? Human debris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now that I'm thinking I mean, about it, anime has actually had a whole lot of conversations about sort of class slash caste systems. Now that I'm thinking about it. it has, oh, but I didn't finish that last point. Oh, you, yeah, can, go you can totally feel in Ninja Scroll that there is this transition going on and that everyone is sort of adjusting differently. Like, the movie opens with him. I mean, he deflects and dodges the bullets, but he's very surprised by this puppet man mechanism that shoots a gun. That has a gun. Has got a gun and... And this was also um, towards the beginning of the Shogunate. Yeah. Right? I think it was mentioned that, you know, um, that Hideyoshi had just died, uh, that Ieyasu or Tokugawa was, was, you know, pretty recently in control of things. You know, we were, were on our first one or two Shoguns here. And that's a theme that i like or at least has had a good batting record in my media eating experience just a sort of end of an era kind of overhanging thing Mm -hmm. over things just people who no longer have a place in this world yeah 
Except for their B magic. Except for their B magic. Actually, his B magic did not do him too well in the changing world. No, it did not. It was foiled by by uh, by the humble river. <laughs> <laughs> the emerging technology of the river. Did you know Al Gore invented rivers? <laughs> That's a ninja scroll between the two, by the way. And then, and then, Gunpowder la- Lady felled by the uh, by the always reliable candle. By the way, Basil's gonna turn away from this later, but throughout the entirety of Ninja Scroll, mm-hmm. it is very amusing as just a long-term internet person how ironclad the inverse ninja law is in this. Oh, it's, I I honestly think okay, so so if you were in high school in the mid to late 2000s and you were at all into genre shit mm-hmm. you probably found your way onto a website called tv tropes still there to this day oft referenced by you know various internet personalities you know a lot of people know about it uh if you don't it's it's an associate's degree in creative writing uh more or less. just scroll 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 around for about two months and you have the equivalent i really recommend Trying it and giving yourself a two-hour clock per day so that you achieve other things in your life while you're on TV tropes. It's a, it's a yeah. Uh, and one of one of these sort of uh, things that they codified was the idea of the law of conservation of ninjutsu. Yep. Which is to say that if there are two sides in a conflict <laughs> in a work of um, mostly action fiction, right? Yeah. Um, there is a finite degree of competence, an equal degree, of, uh, an equal and finite degree of competence uh, available to each side that becomes divided amongst however many members of one side there are. So okay. if you've got one dude versus 10 dudes, um, each one of those 10 dudes is only going to be about a 10th as competent as the one dude. And thus he's going to cut the fuck through them. Ninja Scroll treats this like a law of fucking physics. And I remember there is this shot where he's talking to the old man about how desperate and impossible this charge is. And he walks in. It just cuts to countless identical <laughs> ninjas on a rooftop. And I just shout involuntarily, Oh, you poor doomed bastards! You fools! <laughs> You're throwing your life away! It's like Verdun, just watching them charge the machine gun nest that is this guy's fucking right arm. And And then it it does this beautiful thing, because even if you're not, like, surface level aware of the conservation of ninjutsu, your subconscious gets it. It's like, oh, these guys are faceless. There's a bunch of them. 60 seconds of slaughtering these guys, I want to say. (laughs) It actually cuts away from him murdering them for some dialogue, but you can still hear him murdering them in the background. And it's not supposed to be a gag, but it's the funniest shit that you'll see all You were talking, it was like some fucking Team Four Star gag. Yes, it was exactly like a Team Four Star gag. Like, I'm Cell, just killing him in the background. Brief aside, as far as the Team Four Star thing goes, um, I'm just gonna assume that you weeaboo fuckers know that know what that shit is. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the Frieza voice in that may just be Little Karibo's best work. I'm gonna have to revisit the earlier episodes of of the original Yu-Gi-Oh! the abridged series. Mm. 
Uh, but you might very well be correct, yes. Speaking of a bridge series, I'm going to throw a free idea into the world because I am not going to do that much video editing. Mm-hmm. Bass Wars is a fun show, has a lot of fans kicking around. Yeah. For free internet fame, for, let me tell you a bit about the best set of a basilisk, then we'll get into the idea. Yeah. So the set of a basilisk. There's this whole dispute over who's going to inherit control of the Japanese government. Mm-hmm. They decide because they are evil fucking bastards that they're going to reignite this ancient feud between the Iga and Koga, and whichever ninja clan gets wiped, their sponsoring candidate becomes, you know, head of Japanese government. No, no, wipes the other. So people are fighting over who gets to run Japan. Mm-hmm. Each side is represented by a ninja clan. Because, you know, you're a noble. You're not going to waste your guys. Fuck that. <laughs> you have these country bumpkin samurai running around. Throw them into the wood chipper. And, you know, if the other team's ninjas gets wiped out, you get to rule Japan. We barely see anything of these nobles because it's, once again, about wasting human life. They're happy to do it, too. Yeah, they They're are. so fucking down for this pointless war that... <laughs> they are the beautifully ready Amazingly to pointless war that has, been begu- that has been declared not even by them, by some... By, I think... Tokugawa Iyasu himself, the dude with the giant fucking tumor on his chin that looks like balls. I think that's actually just Iyasu. Uh, like, yeah, you two fight. Yes, I've been waiting for this. And there is this... And no one sees how fucked this is. And there's a structurally fun thing I like about this in underlying the points of this. Because there is an ancestral hatred between the Koga and Iga. Mm-hmm. And while they give us an inciting incident for this generation, they do not give us an inciting incident for the entire feud. For the hundreds and hundreds of years, yeah. So you get kind of get the have cake and eat it too in terms of there being some personal stake. And every time they try to fix it, nothing. every time they try to fix this rift, it just goes horribly fucking wrong. It yeah. just gets worse. So there are ten ninjas on each side. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're basically trying to play, play the ten points here. Yeah. You're, and people are getting bumped off, you know, one or two at a time or none at a time each episode. Here is your free abridged series jokes. Just sports center desk at the start of every episode. <laughs> All right, everyone, the Koga are up three points, and we, I think they're going to click clean this game. They've got good leadership. They've got good fundamentals. It's what makes Ninja Ball work. Well, I'll tell you that. The guy had already seen his trick with the tongue, so he bears a little bit of culpability for pulling that one out twice. He knew what he was getting into when he saw the guy he had supposedly killed right back up as though nothing had happened. I think you're all counting the uh, ego out a bit too early. They excel in coming back from behind. Poison, 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 poison. The four P's of ninja warfare. So the, and the Ego have all of them. So the ground and pound offense has always worked for the Koga. <laughs> <laughs> but Gnoski's passing game has been improving in recent seasons, and I do not think that it should be discounted. Anyway, I guarantee you 20,000 views an episode. It'd be good. I'd it, watch it. It'd be a good enough time. Now, the joke I'm keeping for myself, and you take this one, I hate you, <laughs> is they go for a sort of structural, implied structural loop. They may defy it. I think they're going for more of this a straight Romeo and Juliet tragedy. We mm-hmm. haven't finished the show yet. Maybe they'll swerve me and I'll be impressed or disappointed. Either way. But the implied structural loop is... I mean, they fucking killed off 
Lord Capulet and Lord Montague right at the fucking start of this. Yes. And they were implied in this flashback to have had a similar romance to our main star-crossed Romeo and Juliet pair here. (laughs) Why can people never fucking figure it out? (laughs) I don't know, man. I think one of them just, like, forgot a Valentine's Day gift. I think one of them just forgot a Valentine's Day gift at some point. Hmm. And in the present, as Ninja War is declared and they run their clans, they murder each other in the present after, you know, their tragic breakup in the past. So, you know, the conflict is framed around, can this new generation's love survive the shadows of the past? <laughs> and I just had this vision. No. I want to, when this main girl walks in, she might as well have, like, pointed at the sign Vince McMahon style. <laughs> I'll see you at WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking forward to that business and I don't know I, I, I like when I like shows I like when I like movies Ninja Scroll and Basilisk engaged me in a very rock and roll rock and roll kind of kind of way okay you ever um listen to fucking Fire Down Under by the band Riot that is what Basilisk is <laughs> apt apt do you have one for Ninja Scroll and justice for all. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I hope that Ninja Scrolls bass player didn't die before the movie came out. <laughs> was uh, was Quip? Nope. It's okay. You don't have to have a dead Cliff Burden joke in the back of your head. It'll probably bring us closer to hell anyway. Hi right, man. We're both trying to live our lives. I forgot that there was a dude between him. And Robert Trujillo. Les Claypool, right? Les Claypool was definitely not in Metallica. No, Les Claypool, sorry, I got that wrong. It's, um, no, but, um, it was someone of note. I don't know. They only put out, like, what, Load and Reload. I didn't... didn't... I remember there was a really high-profile basis. Hold on. List of Metallica basis. I'm gonna hate editing this later. Okay, because what do they have in between Justice for All and the Oops album that was Saint Anger? They had okay, so self-titled. They had, they did have self-titled. Okay, so they had Robert Trujillo, um, who was preceded by Jason Jason Newstead, preceded by Cliff Burton. Okay, so Jason Newstead. Yeah, Jason Newstead was what I was thinking of not Les Fucking Claypool because evidently <laughs> I'm the one on drugs. Christ, that's uh, a <laughs> Les Claypool's the Seinfeld guy. I'll be dead eventually. And also, you know, his his frog brigade. But yeah, you know, Essence do Primus. And, oh yeah, Primus do, yeah. Anyway, in case it's not patently obvious, mm-hmm. I do recommend Ninja Scroll. Oh, absolutely. It's so I, fucking cool. It, it is so cool. I mean, it is... content warning, certainly. There's a... Uh, oh yeah, there is... The, this being the most fucked up Japan... The deaths are gory. The sex rarely consensual. People are just not into improving other people's lives in no. Ninja Scroll. Aside from the main character, which is what makes him good hero man. He's fine. He's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. He didn't. He didn't do nobody no wrong. He's a good boy. Then in Basilisk, where spoilers, there aren't really good boys. <laughs> no, it's uh. 
kind of just Bruce Lee noises for 24 episodes. <laughs> it's like someone tries to get halfway through the sentence, mankind would have hear, fear their own, then they get kicked in the face. <laughs> someone kicks them in the face or throws a fucking thing through their throat. Surprise, you won't have time to fear your own deeds. I am amused by the concept of the female lead, Oboro, just having lived to this age in this setting. And is not also a ninja. Like, I wonder, that is a skill in and of itself. Like, that's just a daily diplomacy check. Well, she's got anti-ninja skills. So, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you give, you take. She eliminates ninja from, you know, the, from the vicinity. It's like uh, the anti-magic... Wait, wait, that kind of makes her a light novel protagonist. (sighs) Wait, wait, that whole wave started after Basilisk. I don't know, I feel like it was starting around that time. How long has fucking, uh, not Railgun, but uh, Index been around? Ooh, man. I don't know if that was the first example, but it's like the first one that I know of. It was definitely a big flagship It's like, oh, I don't have powers. Oh, wait, no, my power is (laughs) anti-power. Man, I wonder who did that the first time. It's so fucking boring. It's like how fucking JRPGs are just obsessed with the word Yggdrasil. Whose mom got attacked by a tree? <laughs> is what I'm trying to figure out when it comes to like novels. <laughs> like, who just passed on this genetic level genre embedded hatred of magic trees. I know, that's why I don't really take the genre too amazingly seriously. Like, for, like, the, 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 look at the world of Yggdrasil, we're gonna go kill God. It's, there, there, there's, there, there is the JRPG right there. There is what we can call a QC problem. I was going for quality control, but it's fun to imagine I'm comparing the questionable content, so I'm gonna keep it there. <laughs> anyway, also recommend Basilisk. Yeah. Have fun with some ninja shit. Also recommend 13 Assassins. Also hyper-recommend 13 Assassins. (laughs) That is my favorite film of his. That is a fine-ass nomination. Mm. Anyway, have an excellent weekend. This has been Weeaboo Hell. This has been Weeaboo Hell. It's Weeaboo Hell. Wait, has there been any stealth in this show so far? No. No. (laughs) Fuck that. Fuck you.